0: Well, good evening, everybody. Glad everyone is here tonight. This is Desmond Mead uh, from Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. I want to welcome all of you to the Our Voice podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. You know, Our Voice podcast is a podcast that's uh, ran by returning citizens, and it is Uh, are dedicated to uplifting the voices of people who've been impacted by the criminal justice system. We know we got a whole bunch of experts out there in the world that talk about criminal justice and reentry and all uh, uh, um, topics related that have all kinds of degrees. But what we believe is that the people who are closest to the pain, right, have a degree that no one else can get unless they go through it. And we want to make sure that their voices are lifted up and, and and their stories are highlighted right and our thoughts our strategies um are are, are put on in in, in, a, in a in a way or put on a platform that elevates you know our stories our history and our hope for a brighter future today you know my other guest host Neil uh Vos is not here with us today but guess what we have a Very special guest host in the house. Joining me tonight for this podcast is the incredible one and only Miss Sheena Mead. That's right, y'all. Sheena Mead, my wife, my everything. And man, let me tell you, she's doing some amazing things uh, at, at Clean Slate Initiative. Sheena Mead is the executive, national executive director of Clean Slate Initiatives, and y'all thought I did something with $1.4 Hmm. Man, look here. She racking up the millions as far as lives that are being impacted. And so I want to welcome Sheena to the show. Hey, Sheena. Hey, Des. <laughs> thank
1: you. I I was really looking forward to that applause again when I came on. I don't get that. I, I know. Where, where's the applause at? I don't <laughs> get the little, little yay. It's okay. Um... Yeah, so I'm excited to be here. Thank you. I'm really uh, proud of what you have uh, established here and Neil with the Our Voice, Our Vote uh, podcast. Our Voice, Our Vote?
0: It's Our Voice.
1: Our Voice. Sorry, you know, you have so many initiatives at FRC going on. You're doing so so many big things. I know,
0: we are juggling all kinds of balls here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm so excited. And, you know, um, a lot of folks think that we're like Siamese twins that were always together, but I'm coming off of a week being on the West Coast, I was not here to uh celebrate you during you getting the MacArthur Genius Award. So Ooh. I wanna <laughs> just acknowledge all the great work that you've been doing, Desmond. Um, I know y'all don't get to talk about you don't talk about yourself on here, do you? You talk about others and what others are doing. So I'm gonna put you on the spot here.
0: Well, you know, thank you so much. You know, let me tell you Congratulations. One of the, one of the <laughs> things I tell folks is that everything that I've been able to accomplish, right, has your DNA written all in it, right? You know, I remember when, when when I first met you, you told me I had to get rid of the Yahoo account and get a a, a Gmail account. I didn't even know what that was, yeah. right? But you uh you went ahead and and got me right, and and uh, you've been a blessing to not just me but to the movement in general. There are so many returning citizens throughout the state of Florida, uh, throughout this country, uh, that have had some type of improvement in their lives because of you. Right. And whether it's a Amendment 4 campaign or this uh, initiative that you're currently leading uh, with Clean Slate.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate that, Desmond. We're I know we're going to go get into the details about Clean Slate, but I'm not going to come off of you because it is <laughs> we are just getting to October and September was a heavy month. I mean, you had Desmond Mead Day. That was September 10th. You know, you had a big day of service going on. I miss that, too. I feel like I'm missing all the, you know, I can't keep up. But what happened with the day of service? Well,
0: that's because you keep grinding. You're working so hard for our people. But no, let me tell you, Um, once again, you know, I remember um, even when we first met. Right. And I remember our first Thanksgiving together that you said, no, Desmond, we're going to get the kids. We're going to put them in the car and we're going down to poor community and we're going to help feed the homeless. Right. And. You know, I think that this when I was when I was given this day in Orlando, uh, as, as I guess Desmond Mead Day, you know, it was just natural. Yeah, you know what? I want that day to be known uh, for voting rights as well as for service, for giving back to the least among
1: us. Yeah, I know that's been a little struggle. I know you said to me, I'm gonna put people in our household real quick and our business a little bit, but you've gotten on me in these most recent years saying, Sheena, when we're going back down to the community. <laughs> and take the kids you know um, to to serve and i know a lot of times we're doing things from 50 you know 50 feet you know trying to make impact whether it's putting resources in the field uh, employing folks advocating but i know that you are very hands on i am too as come, being a former organizer i like to be hands on doing the work but you are very much hands on like people you know may not know that you still will pop up at a homeless shelter a <laughs> me and go speak and, and talk to folks and I love that about you. And also I just want to shout out um, Norris Henderson out in Louisiana, because when I went down to Louisiana and I know Aaron, who's coming on later, she's went to one of the community meetings, you know, Norris is out there serving his, his membership, serving the people, cooking and feeding folks and, 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 very hands on. So why, you know, why, why, why are you so hands on? Well, why do you think that's still important to be, in that proximity or, or touching the, the people in that way.
0: Oh, you treat me like I'm a guest on the show. Oh, I'm, <laughs> like
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no, Neil. I'm about to turn this to Sheena uh, Mead and this look, Neil
0: never did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I know Neil is somewhere lurking out there, right, in in, in, in um, Fireside Chat App Land. And so maybe we might even, if he called in, maybe we might even bring him up as well. But, no, um... You know, I I think it's so important. One thing I, I've learned that you know, to be a good leader, you have to be a good servant, um, and and you have to have the people's interests at at, at the highest at the highest level. And um, it it feels so good to just be around people and helping people out. You know, uh, knowing that you're making a difference. Because I'm telling you, when I was when I was homeless, when I was addicted to drugs, and and I was at my lowest point in my life. You know. Uh, and, and eventually when I went through that transformation, what I learned, uh, in that process, man, was that no matter how bad off I was, that there was always someone worse off, which meant that I always have an opportunity to make the time that I spent on this planet worthwhile, right? To make a difference, you know? And so every day I wake up, I want to make a difference. I want, I want somebody's life to be improved or even just a day to be improved. Uh, because of an encounter with me.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's you talk about um, helping others and and how you can improve other people's lives. I want to go back to the MacArthur Award because last year you had got the Puffin Prize Award. It was presented <laughs> to you by John Legend. Yeah. And I know just for the people out there in Fire, uh, was it Fireside Chat yeah. Land and all your listeners, Desmond? That was his first like big monetary award that came with this recognition. It was a hundred thousand dollars. And, you know, as a woman, y'all, I like to shop. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) We about to. Hello? Red Bums and Gucci. We about to go on vacation. (laughs) And we're out in public somewhere. And Desmond is, like, about to make this announcement that he did not talk over with his wife. (laughs) And he goes, yes, I'm so appreciative of this award. And I'm going to. I'm going to contribute 75% of this work back to the fines and fees program. My mouth dropped. My eyes bucked. I saw, I felt them tearing up, and I'm like, Sheena, keep a straight face. Now let me just say, I'm all down for helping That I know that God will bless us where people of faith will believe when we give unto others uh, much as much given back, and that has happened. But I was a little shocked by that. I wasn't expecting that, you know? Especially because in our own personal lives, we wasn't in the place, I don't think, to be giving away.
0: But but you quickly got over it, though. I, I did get right? over it. You, you got over it. You know, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, right? Because I think there's another twist to it, right? And, and it really is. Because, you know, you talk about, you know, when you mentioned I got the puff in, and when you mentioned... Um, the MacArthur and then Time 100, all of these different awards, right? But guess what, Shana? In spite of all of those accolades, right? Mm-hmm. My record ain't straight, and so you know, you right. know the 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 hell we catch. And like you're just trying to
1: find a place to live, right? You still have the barriers.
0: Yep. Still I still have those barriers. About
1: twelve hundred collateral consequences in Florida. Twelve <laughs>
0: hundred?
1: It's about thirteen hundred Jesus Christ. I thought it was people. around
0: eleven 1, hundred. Now <laughs> I know it's twelve. But you know, with all of all of, you know, the things that I've been able to accomplish in life, you know, to know that I still cannot I still can't practice law, you know. Um I I, I can't you know, I have a difficult time f- just finding a home to even rent, right? And to think that if me, who I mean, because this MacArthur thing, right? What I it's was so huge. It's it's big. It's the 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 next biggest thing that I can get would be the Nobel Peace Prize. And so this thing is extremely huge. And but to think that even getting that, if if a person who can get that still faces still barriers, right, to living. A, a good life of pursuing a, a, a happiness, right. And, and liberty and all of that, then what about everybody else? Right. What about, you know, I know in Florida, it's about like 6 million people with, with criminal or, or at least a, a, a criminal history of some sort, you know, and imagine across the country, I don't even know. Well, you going to give that number or, or Aaron, but when you, when you, when you talked about that, you know, the one thing that kept, you know, made it a sobering thought was the fact that, yeah, I got that, but, you know, I still, I'm limited in how I could really, you know, um, blow that up. Right. You know,
1: let me tell you something about the McArthur. There was a lot of other recipients. It was like doctors, scientists, mathematicians, people who are, um, making moves in medicine and helping us in everyday lives, you know, there were more African American recipients this year than any other year.
0: I got a better one than that.
1: I do. Well, I'm about to. Don't don't steal my shine on this okay. one. The thing that got me so excited that there were two people who were formerly incarcerated who have found so many opportunities through their obstacles, and there was um uh, another brother who also was a recipient. And
0: Well listen, hold up, not more than another brother, uh, more than another brother. Listen, y'all, look the name up: Reginald Dwayne Betts. Reginald Dwayne Betts. He's a Yale professor. He has a, a, a law degree, I think, from an Ivy League law school. A poet. A poet, a published, successfully published author. Um an amazing, amazing brother. Uh been a genius, and he was sent to prison as a juvenile. His direct file. Yep. He was as a juvenile, he was sent to prison and, and, and a good twist in that story was that his co defendant is also a good friend of ours at FRC, Marcus Bullock. Marcus Bullock, you know, what I'm saying? Bullock. Bullock. That's that's. Listen, now he's another genius, right? That he just haven't gotten that, that official title yet, but I know it's coming. Marcus, it's coming. But Marcus Bullock is the uh, executive director of of Flick, um, Shop. Flick Shop, which is like the Instagram for prisons. And so, yeah, it was, yeah. when I seen when I seen Reginald's uh, name on there, because we didn't know who the other people were.
1: And we just, I, yeah. well, I just met him at Marcus' uh, event when uh, he got uh, honored by a prison fellowship. Yep. I would never know And I was in a room with two geniuses. Yes, I mean, I've been to you as a genius, honey, <laughs> but didn't know. Well, you know, I'm going to, this may be another segment, but y'all said I could say whatever I want to, and I know y'all gave me a script that I'm not well, going to keep Well, you are the co-host. But <laughs> two things, one thing I want to bring up, I saw he was, denied interest into Howard University. (laughs) I am going to put this out there. You were denied. Fam, you. And, you know, I I feel like there needs to be a conversation with HBCUs around uh, this issue of people that have convictions or some type of legal record on why they're being denied. And I know when I applied to UCF, Uh that had to check a box. And when I checked that box, I had to go through the ringer to get those documents. But I want to just say this for the people out Uh there. That denial... Right. What did I What did I say? A delay is not. What did I say? Now you done. You done threw in there and messed me up.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Your
1: denial does, did not de- delay destiny. There it is. A, yeah, denied, a denial
0: cannot delay, delay destiny. 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 Yes. Right. But one uh, listen. You're setting a bad precedence for Neil because I know when he come back, man, he's gonna be off the chain as as, as my co-host. But no, you, once again, you drew it right back, and, and so. Just the things that you're saying is drawing it right back to to the amazing work that you're doing because at the end of the day, there you go. We have two MacArthur geniuses that was denied uh entrance into HBCU and probably other, many other colleges simply because of uh, a rest history. Right. Right? And so you what you, I mean, you need to tell the audience, what is it that you do? That's gonna change that, so people like me or and Reginald Dwayne Betts or, or or Marcus Bullock uh, would not uh, uh, face those type of barriers and 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 have a greater opportunity to show the world how many geniuses are out there that's been formerly incarcerated.
1: Well, I think Desmond, it's not about what I'm gonna do, Sheena, um, or what Clean Slate is gonna do. It's what we're all gonna do collectively. I think we all have a role to play. And this legal system right now is so monstrous. And there's so many different issues and barriers out there. As much as I'm encouraged by all the work that we are like, all the barriers that we're chipping away collectively as a movement, sometimes it can get overwhelming when you're like, oh, okay, so we're clearing records, but yet someone is still have a barrier. They can't even get into school. When you hear stories like that, um, or that someone has to pay a fine and fee, or someone can't vote, or they can't get housing. And so... It's what we're going to do collectively. But for the Clean Slate Initiative, what we're focused on is making sure that we're expanding who's eligible to get their records clear mm-hmm. and trying to automate that process. You know, um, we have had a lot of momentum across the country. And let me not just put it on me. There are great partners out there that has been working. Um, like who? Tell by, me some yeah, partners. bipartisan coalition at that. We have Center for American Progress that was out there that has helped. Um, There are partners even to um Code for America, uh, ACU people probably wouldn't think, you know. Shout out to David Savion, who so... Oh, mo- David
0: is in the yeah. house. Shout out, David, if you're listening in or or looking at, at 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 the podcast, man. Shout out to you.
1: He's probably and amazing got work that you're doing yeah. at ACU, man. He's probably uh, chilling back there with a cigar and uh, some brandy right now, listening. Um, but you know, we have, you know, we have J.P. Morgan, we have mm-hmm. Responsible Business uh, Justice Initiative, we have Cecile. You know, I'm gonna we'll see her tomorrow uh, in New York. We have so many. Partners, uh, we uh, there has been a, a, a expanded. Before I came along It with CJI, you know, R Street has benefited. But there's partners across the spectrum, political spectrum, and wow. business that has been sporting a clean slate. It's, it's a trending topic for our young people. <laughs> if this was Twitter, um, it would be a trending topic.
0: So one thing I like, you know, because you know at FRC, man, we're with, you know, we believe, because, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that think, Oh, the only people that get arrested or get incarcerated are are African Americans and they like to vote Democrat and and the only people that's for them are, are are Democrats and and all Republicans, all conservative people are against any kind of sensible criminal justice reform and stuff like that and we at FRC we kind of push back against that because we know, that man that felony franchising per se impacts everyone, right? And 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 collateral consequences impact everyone. And it's gonna take everyone to actually yeah. change it from both sides. And so we've also embraced the fact that listen, at the end of the day we putting the needs of people above the partisan stuff, above the implicit racial biases, and that we're really driving folks towards fighting for yeah. people, right? And so to hear that Clean Slate have uh, uh, bipartisanship is is very refreshing and encouraging, man. Because you know, listen, if you got David Savion rocking with y'all, then yeah. I know.
1: Yeah, right on crime. <laughs> we, you know, we this, you know, let me say something. When I got to the Clean Slate Initiative, it every every skill, gift, passion, all full of purpose is coming from the work that I've done with FRC and Amendment Four. So, you know, I, I want to thank you, you know, Desmond, you're my husband, but you're also a mentor and a leader. In and I was movement. your boss. And that's why I got out of there, everybody. He could not be a boss at home and try to be a boss at work. It was just too much bossing. So I took my boss shoes and took, I can't even curse on here, right? No? No. Okay. Well, I got out the way. But um, but I bought that, you know, when I, when I um, got approached about Clean Slate Initiative, I got so excited. I was like, this is like Amendment 4. On steroids to me. It's not about, you know, clean slate. We don't focus. You want to cough on my segment? We can't I'm even sorry. record you. We can't even edit that out, Des. No, I'm sorry. People can't see us. And that's why y'all need, like, like a yeah. live on here so people <laughs> we can got see that.
0: us. We got the live. No, this is being recorded. Oh, hey, y'all. And people can see us on YouTube, okay. right? What else? Where are we well other platforms that we streaming on? Yeah. So
1: you telling me me rushing in here with a half a lash in here, people see that? Oh, yeah, people can see that. Okay. Gonna see
0: that. Well, but you're still beautiful, thank honey. You.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I got so excited about being able to like lead this organization. And I had this vision of like, if we were able to pass Amendment Four in Florida, where the politics are crazy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where people don't even know, don't even acknowledge what, like the, the barriers and the struggles of returning citizens, mm-hmm. and we're able to do this in a way that brings five million people to say yes on four. What can I do across the country? Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not no expert in anything. I'm just a just a, a, a Jersey girl, a fly jersey girl <laughs> that with a southern swag in Florida who was an organizer. And I'm not a policy girl. I'm not into all these other things. You know, Aaron, she comes in there with her brains, and I got a great team. Shout out to my clean slate team. Let me just throw that out. We got Aaron, we got Jesse, we got Avery, shout out to MJ, we got ST, Jabria, Giovanna, S. We got a we got a small but mighty team. That is doing some things, and you no, know,
0: y'all doing some amazing work. But I'm glad you brought up because you know we were talking about geniuses before. You got a genius. You got a few geniuses at, at Clean Slate, and one of them is actually, I think, on the line, right? Okay, you just get? talk about Aaron. I, can we bring Aaron on? Aaron, hi, hello, Aaron.
2: Hey, can you guys hear me?
0: Yeah, what's up, genius to be? <laughs> <laughs>
2: hello, hello, hello. Hey Aaron,
1: what what side of the country are you in? You know, Aaron. You know, I told her uh, for all the listeners, I told her we're not going policy wonky on this call, cause we want to keep it real, and that's the way we like to like approach people out there in the field about this work, because at the end of the day, we're trying to have real impact on real people, and this is about human impact. So I'm so excited, Aaron. That we're doing this. To, this is our first like joint event. Aaron and I've been together now. How many months have we been together, Aaron?
2: Oh my gosh, it's been like a year and a half at Clean Slate, and then however it was, however long before that.
1: Yeah, and this is our first gig together.
0: Yeah, so Aaron. So uh, um, I almost said, "Honey," I guess I can say, "Honey," because you're my wife, right? Honey, uh, do you want to introduce (laughs) uh, Aaron uh, to our? Our audience.
1: Yes. So coming to the stage, I always wanted to say that, (laughs) Russell Simmons, but coming to the stage, we have Erin George, a dynamic organizer and our state uh, national campaign manager for Clean Slate. She was one of the first people that I brought on as a colleague and that I hired when I got tasked to do this work. I wanted to make sure that we had somebody who was passionate about this work, someone that understood policy, organizing, building coalitions, and knew how to just get the work done, but in an authentic way, making sure that directly impacted people was always at the center of the work. And someone who actually, you know, has a personal experience with this. And when I first met Erin, um, you know, we met each other when I was working at Galaxy Gives and she was one of the Galaxy Leaders. And I held a retreat in Florida. Shout out to Galaxy Gives for that one. Yeah, shout out to Galaxy Gives. For recognizing and for Billy. directly impacted yeah. leaders, Yep. And I brought Aaron on, and Aaron I had asked Desmond, could we use the fines and fees bus so I could just show out a little bit with all the, you know, directly impacted people, formerly incarcerated people. We went to go do some team building work. And she was like, I got to finish this op-ed, and I got to edit this, and I got to call the legislator, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, girl, we don't got to work like that no more, you know, like. And I remember that. I remember being in that same place, and I was like, she is so talented and committed. And I was like, I want somebody like that. Not to work, like, not to dive in and like overwork, but to give it her all. And it was passionate. And I was like, hey, I think I want to talk to you about something. So, anyway, bring it to the stage, and Aaron could talk more about her work because, you know, this is not, this is like you, Des. This is not work at yeah. the end of the day. Like, Aaron is about to share. Oh, my,
0: cheat. Aaron, Aaron eats this stuff up. You yeah. Know? Yes, she does. Yeah, she, yeah, does. she is, This is like her breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? I'm Look, trying to figure out. Doing freestyle. Yeah, though, I'm trying okay, to freestyle. figure out how she stays so slim because she <laughs> eats this thing up twenty four seven.
2: Aaron, come on it, come <laughs> What's on. What's up, Aaron? Well, I mean, and I think that I think what you guys are saying is like exactly it. Like when when we're offered the opportunity to do work that is like about our lives and about the lives of other people, it like ceases to be work right? Um, it just becomes what you're called to. And what you know, called I, you,
0: Aaron? What was it yeah, that called I mean, you? It's,
2: it's been like, my life has been, you know, and, and my, my work, which does not feel like work, um, has been really beautiful in the, the whole process of it, um, has really, you know, like tracked onto me trying to figure out how to better understand things that I was experiencing in my family. Right. I, um, Grew up in a family where there was a lot of substance abuse um, and, you know, the the harm that sort of comes associated with that. And so my, like, career 1.0, um, I guess, was doing quite a bit of direct service work um, and trying to, um, you know, I was working at the intersections of mental health and substance abuse, mental health and incarceration. And
1: um, talk about. We, I really- we, oh, I'm sorry. Erin. no, mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, they they gave me a script that I went off. I didn't go on, but (laughs) I wanted to make sure, listen, you know, getting your education is not, it's nothing. I don't take that lightly, you know, and I want to one day, you know, I've put that on hold because of, you know, movement work, but I want to make sure that the listeners understand that, you know, you got your master's degree in social work and public policy and you spent years working um, as a behavior health interventionist and a counselor with at risk Houston, California in South America. And so I know that has also played a part in shaping um, your view of, of returning citizens and the work that you advocate for. So I just wanted to also lay that out, like the the your journey, your educational journey that also impacted kind of where you're at now.
2: Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, I think um, when I was moved to do like undergrad and study psychology, um, was very much related to my dad and his substance abuse issues and really like trying to understand, you know, uh, what he was going through and the ways that it impacted me. And then through the course of, um, then doing direct service work and, you know, family and youth behavioral health, mental health work. Um, a, I was seeing the enormous, like deficiencies in the system with the young people I was working with who were primarily black and brown youth, their parents were impacted by the exact same issues. And then, you know, in parallel, uh, my younger brother has been in and out of incarceration for the last 15 years. He's um, 29, he just turned 29 in April, and he actually just came home um, a couple of months ago. But so, while I'm working with young people who are impacted by mental health and incarceration in my family, I'm experiencing that, right? And I'm seeing the ways that the system fails my brother, the way the system fails my family, And that was what really like moved me and called me to move into policy work because I also saw, you know, the enormous racial disparities in in case outcomes and what was happening. And so that's why that's why I moved to New York. I'm up here in Albany right now. It's raining. I got to get out and come down to Florida again. It's about that time of year. Um, So, you know, you guys will be stuck with me here soon. But that that was what really drove me to move into systems change. Um, And I think that you know, instead of just doing a regular like traditional public policy program, I didn't want to leave behind the fact that people have always been the driving force of change and people have always been the driving force of change in my life. Um, and so it felt important to stay connected to that through social work and public policy and and then moving into grassroots work.
1: And some of this is like you, you said something, Aaron, you said you wanted to understand what your father was going through. And when you said that a few things came to mind. One, I I think about Desmond when you said, when you, you know, you got out of prison um, you went to law school to understand the system, the way it was set up. And then I think about, you know, my, you know, I, I was, I got caught up a little bit in the system, but I, again, I didn't understand the system. Desmond's laughing because I did 24 hours and I tell him to put respect on my 24, Aaron. Um, and I did 24 more than once, but at the end of the day, it's traumatizing. No matter if you did 14 years or two days, or, you know, I know that it impacts everybody different, but that was traumatizing. But also, um, I worked in a state uh, maximum security prison at the age of 19. So I was exposed to what happens in the inside and I saw people. Um, that that it became a, a cycle. Mm-hmm. I had trustees that I was excited about them going home, and was like, I, I want to see the best for you. Mm-hmm. And then I read in the paper three months later that they were shot by the police officer because they had a toy gun. They was trying to rob a Seven Eleven because they didn't have no money, or or the parolee trustee that I was that I kind of like really got respect it was an old old timer there. He said there's no nothing for me to go home to, so why yeah. am I? I don't want to go for parole, and so. I also know firsthand from what the barriers that I face being, you know, having a record and then, you know, my family and now my husband. And so I feel like we're, it's almost a different lens or a different approach. We is like, it's a fight, like we we can't stop, you know?
0: So let me ask y'all a question because, you know, I'm going to tell you that at the end of the time when I first got into this thing, I was so consumed with returning citizens, right? Returning citizens movement and how, you know, um, you know, we had to create a space for ourselves, right? And I think it was Norris. Norris or Dorsey Nunn uh, that leads the um, um, All of Us are Nunn out there in California. Um, When they told me how, like, I think it was Dorsey because they say, yo, homie, you know, when you're locked up, right, your family's locked up right along with you, right? And I remember when they told me that many years ago, how i just how i started to realize the importance of people of family members who have gotten become a part of the movement uh, because of what's been happening with someone who they love or like like with you Aaron and 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 so i i i quickly realized how great of an asset uh, uh everybody is to the movement collectively, right? That it's not just returning citizens themselves that can be a fierce advocate, but it's also the, 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 the family members,
1: right? They're some that of the strongest be, advocates. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it with amendment four, the mothers, the fathers, no. the aunts, the, I mean, clergy that was coming yeah. on behalf of other folks that come, have been some of the strongest advocates. And, and I, you know, Desmond, you could correct me if I'm wrong. When this started, I feel like it was they were the people that was driving this. It wasn't mo- it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the, the people that at the beginning that directly impacted people. Yeah. It was the family member said I'm doing this for my son and my daughter. Yeah,
0: and so I want to ask you, Aaron, how how have you know, your experience been working with directly with returning citizens as you're going around trying to create these policies to clear records. And what is what is Clean Slate's approach? You know, because some organizations be like, you know, we got all the brains, we got all of the power, we got all of the money. We can just do it ourselves, right? Oh, no, no. What what is what is y'all approach to that, Aaron, and how have that experience been?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um who, I mean, it's my brother's experiences, you know, before before coming to Clean Slate, I did a lot of work on pretrial, so bail reform, discovery reform, speedy trial, and uh, my younger brother spent a lot of time in jail pretrial. Um, he's actually served less time in prison, and he always would basically like give me full access to his attorneys, right, because he was inside we know that you like can't actually have honest calls while, you know, like they're being recorded, et cetera. And so, um, when I first started doing sort of like deep dive policy work, it was through the navigating of his cases with him that I was able to see in, in bills or in conversations about reform, like that doesn't line up. There's going to have this, you know, collateral consequence or this unintended consequence, or like, you know if you if you do this thing this this thing with bail reform it's gonna have another problem over here right and like we're actually not addressing we're not creating a solution right like we're we're like plugging a hole right it's like i think about it as like a lot of times policy work can be harm reduction right where you're like we're putting a band-aid on the bleeding wound but it's we're not healing it right and and so for me realizing that that i as like someone secondarily impacted. Had that insight, it never occurred to me to do anything other than have directly impacted people inform the policy we were developing and the strategy that we were developing. Because listen, like people have been trying to change the criminal justice system for years and we clearly haven't gotten it right. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, like, you know, I think that there's a role, like Shino was saying, there's a role for everyone. It's important to have, you know, like legal experts and, you know, policy organizations, et cetera, et cetera. But um, You're actually not creating solutions that transform people's lives if you're not talking to them about it. And there are gonna be things that I would never see that people who are not impacted would never you know, I think everyone's, you know, impacted to some degree, right? Like obviously you can't live in a, a country that incarcerates the way we do. Um, and I think that's part of our like movement building responsibility. But like there's you know, there's no way to create the solutions if it's If they aren't driven by people who know through their own lived experience what the most challenging aspects of the system are, Um, and it's something you know, when Sheena called me up, I was literally like sitting in the living room where I'm sitting right now, and she was like, "Hey, like, do you want to like come build a thing with me?" Um, And And I'm talking about that build. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I
0: want to know. I want to know, like, you know, since you know, you guys have gotten together. I want to know the impact, you know, yeah. what What have you all accomplished, you know, yeah. other than, you know, I mean, you guys got a, a real swaggy name, you know, Clean Slate Initiative. But what are the things <laughs> that you all have accomplished?
1: Yeah, you know, one, I, I think one of the biggest things that um, I, I'm proud of um, is that we're building this movement in a real intentional, uh, genuine way making sure that um, we are informing our decisions by directly impacted people and also aligning with our values and principles. But as far as policy impact, you know, we've had some wins this year. And, I mean, we've had some wins. And I know Aaron's going to get into the, you know, name those states. We had some wins in the pandemic where most folks are, like, shutting down. And, like, there was Mm – I I remember, like, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, there's – some of the work that y'all was doing because y'all had a a a badass or i can't say that word right uh, director (laughs) of organizer that y'all y'all were already doing some work that was easy to adapt to the pandemic digital organizing stuff like that but there were a lot of movements that didn't know which way to go because of the pandemic you know sessions were closed and um when we came in this was like i think i came may of 2020 and uh, Aaron came July And you know Every month we were hearing That the pandemic Was going to be over We had this magical wand That was going to happen And we had a goal Set up a f- uh, In front of us To pass some legislation In a few states And we didn't know How this was going to happen And Aaron jumped in And worked with our partners And advocates on the ground And got it done And Aaron talk about what, what, Yeah talk, what are what those happened.
0: states Tell me about those states Aaron I, I know Florida Ain't in that sure. list sure. yet But,
2: but uh, going by, uh, You know sorry, sorry for the background noise, noise. <laughs>
0: well that's it right there that's part listen that's part of our discussion because we talking about when the pope when the police comes and arrest somebody and, and a lot of times that arrest don't even result in a conviction right but that person still is going to face some heartache and headaches over that right yeah so where are those states Well, at? well, Tell well, me well, states.
1: well before she gets into the states that thank you does because you know we could talk about a lot of stuff here well let me lay a little bit of the foundation so you can understand So the Clean Slate initiative is not just helping returning citizens, as you all define returning citizens, meaning people coming with felony convictions or Mm -hmm. coming out of incarceration. Mm -hmm. Clean Slate is helping people that has um, that has a a legal record, meaning they some of them have a lot of them have convictions and a lot of people have non convictions. There are 70 to 100 million people is it one out of three Americans have some sort of legal record meaning they've have some type of brush with the law, they've been arrested, um, they have a conviction, one out of three. Wow. Americans. So
0: that's, wait, 70 to 100 million? People. Jesus Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and so when you think about that, that means that is, that is a large number of people who are facing barriers that are in the shadows that people don't even realize. Because mm-hmm. when we think about the criminal justice system, when we think about the people we help... Because most, you know, we, we tend to think about people who are coming out of prison, people who have like these these records, but there are a lot of millions of people that are facing the same similar barriers. And so, um, yes, that means they can't, you know, go to their child school trip because they either have to check the box or something's going to pop up, mm-hmm. something that's old, uh, on a rental application, um, employment. And so those are the folks that you know that we're helping, and that realizing that this issue is much bigger. And that's why I think it has so much support because if you got one in three people, that means that's a lot of people. One, two, three <laughs> on this call. Yeah,
0: that's right. A, that's a lot of. That's people. a lot of people. So
1: yeah, yeah. so Aaron, yeah, I'll I pass it to Aaron to talk about what what we're doing and then what has already passed and what states.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely listening. I'm curious about the states, Aaron. Could you just start, just list off the states and then go back to the to what, you know, what you all been doing. I just need to hear those states.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, so when we, you know, when we came on board, um, or when, you know, when Sheena uh, came on board to to lead the initiative, um, clean slate legislation, which like just sort of like basic definition is, um, you know, right now in most states in the country, there is some, there's some statute on the books that allows for clearance of records, whether that's record sealing, whether that's expungement, but it's through a petition-based process. So somebody has to, A, understand if they're eligible, um, B, they have to file the petition. Oftentimes there's like fines and fees associated with filing it. Oftentimes you really can't get through the process unless you have an attorney um, and, you know, the state, for the most part in most states in the country, uh, actually I think in all states, like it doesn't cover those fees, right? So it means that folks who have access to the funds to hire an attorney are able to, you know, maybe move through the petition based process. And a large number of people don't even
1: know they're eligible to get their records clear at all. Yeah, I I, I, didn't know it
2: myself. Or even know that it exists. I mean, I've been doing this work for 10 years and my brother's been going through the system for 15. I had no idea right? Like I had no idea. Um, and so so those petition-based programs uh, or those per- petition-based uh, systems exist. But what they do is, you know, they're like in most states, it's like 60 to 70 to 80 to 90% of people who are eligible never are able to access that relief because the process is so complicated. It's costly. And so what we're doing at Clean Slate is it, like Sheena said, expanding eligibility, so we're expanding the, the charges, the cases, the records that are eligible for record clearance. But then we're making the process automatic, so that it's. It started not in Pennsylvania.
1: It started in Pennsylvania, yeah.
2: and I feel like it's a really beautiful like origin story. You know, basically, there's like a legal service provider who was running expungement clinics and was like, "Damn, there has to be another way." Like, there has to be a better way. Like, it's so much work and resources and, like, time and, you know, and then people get denied. Um, and so it started in Pennsylvania. Uh, About and Sharon moved-
1: She's uh, the one who led it. Just want to give her a shout out.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Um, Yep. Legal Services of Philadelphia. Um, And they have been, like, rocking and rolling. They passed their law and then went back, actually, and passed a second law in 2019 that... um eliminated the requirement that fines and fees be paid before someone could have a record cleared, because we know that people are more likely (laughs) to be able to pay fines and fees if they have a job, right? Yep. Well, that, that did
0: touch me to my, touch me to my core with the fines and fees. Yeah. you know, we're dealing with that here in, in in Florida as it relates to just voting rights. But you're saying now that in order for people in some States, in order for people to get their record clear, they would have to first pay out, any outstanding fines and fees? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, that's that's the case in most of the petition-based states um, and, you know, still in some of the clean slate states. But, I mean, what we and our partners and this movement have, have been able to do in the last, like, year and a half is really, I don't know, this is, like, maybe the first time we've talked about it together, but it's, it's really profound. There are campaigns in, I mean, so since, uh, I guess, in the last year and a half, um, automatic record clearance legislation has passed in Michigan um that expanded eligibility and made it an automatic process. The automatic process goes into place in twenty twenty two
1: How many people would awesome
2: oh, pff, I don't know what the numbers are off the top of my head. Come on now, I mean it's like um, it's over a million like over oh yeah, no, it's like it's multiple millions I yeah, mean, that's what to see, like.
0: Yeah, you even know. Listen, in, uh, when you when you get into the Aaron, Aaron when you getting into the millions, you don't have to be exact. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't have to be like one million five hundred and twenty three thousand and twenty two people. You know, you don't you need to be her exact her with her that. Her. Once you once I was you, like, oh, yeah, the wrong number. yeah. Listen, <laughs> when you cross the million threshold, then you can be like, man, we're over a million, over two million, over three million, over five million, whatever. You know, I mean, so what's in, the number?
2: Even in, even in Delaware, um you know, which is a small state, right? We just passed clean slate legislation. When it goes into effect, um, it's gonna impact almost 300,000 people. Uh, And Delaware is a tiny state, you know? Um, we passed clean slate legislation in Connecticut and all three of those states. What's really exciting is that all three of those states, the clean slate laws apply to non-convictions, violations, misdemeanors, and some felonies. Uh, and so we can also see not only is this like movement growing geographically, but it's growing in scope of what people are demanding. Um, New York has some of the most expansive legislation introduced. It almost passed last session and is definitely going to pass this coming session. Um, you know, Utah. campaigns. And- mm-hmm.
1: No, i was saying Utah. We can't forget Utah because Utah was something that was really pushed by um a lot of conservative partners in the chamber. And, and right what, now, they're in implementation right now.
0: That's what I was about to ask next. You know, Aaron, when you talk about the people that do- demanded it, you know, I want to know who, who, who are the people that you're talking to? I mean, and does it vary in the different states, right? So maybe in one state, it is the people in the community, service providers that's really the loudest voice. Maybe in another state, it's the state legislators. And then you talk about your, your business partners, right? You talk about ACU, You talk about um, J.P. Morgan, you know, are are they having a voice in this, you know, in in certain states to help push this?
1: Oh, yeah. Aaron could talk about uh, uh, the partnership uh, with J.P. Morgan in Delaware and just a partnership with them nationally. Um, You know, we're finding out like we're we're seeing now that um, business community is definitely waking up to the issues of not being able to, you know, have like sustained employment, like good, there's good folks out there who need jobs. Like there's a, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a large population of people that are being left out. Right. That people like, I need to find employees. And we're like, they're right here (laughs) But your, your, your policies are like keeping them from out. And so we're seeing where business is actually advocating more. And what I've been hearing in different spaces we've been in, is that they are hiring people who have some type of legal record, but when they want to get them, let them move up to get certified uh-huh. or get different occupational license, they're like, I can't even get Johnny, uh, he can't get his occupational license when I promote him because of the laws. And so they're now starting to advocate and get in spaces and because they're, they're realizing that this issue is unfair and unjust.
0: Well, let me tell you, you know, here in Florida, you know, we're not as advanced as, you know, the other places where you're working. But, you know, we have a person here in Florida that's, like, leading that voice, in, that leading voice that's saying, hey, you looking for workers? Man, look here, we got a whole bunch of folks over here. And, by the way, he is blowing up my phone like crazy, talking about let me in, let me in. And so, you know, I, I don't know he a little nervous because you doing real well on this co-host spot. But Neil, I think we got Neil on the line too as well. Hey Neil, you worried about your spot?
3: Man, I didn't know that we we're gonna have a Jersey fly girl just show up and start throwing it out like you're doing, Cena. You're killing it. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Uh, you, when you say fly girl, I think about uh, what was that show that we used to like? Um, in Living Color. In Living Color. In Live in I in color. used to think I was the fly girl. That was a uh, Lopez. What's her name?
0: Jennifer Lopez. Jesus,
1: Des, you really got a good memory. Really? <laughs> Hold up! Hey, I, I have said. the
0: yeah, I know that I have the right to remain silent. I got to remember that when I'm around my wife, man.
1: Listen, <laughs> uh, Aaron, let me tell you about what Desmond and Neil. Oh, I got sound effects I was like, "Well, who the heck is that?" <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that threw me off. I was like. It is funny. I I think I want to stay, Neil. I like this a lot. Come on.
0: Next time, it's going to be you and me.
3: (laughs)
1: Oh, y'all kicking me out. Okay. (laughs) I see you, Neil. That's Xavier back there being funny on the the autos. Um, What, uh, Aaron, so Neil and Desmond just did something really big. They, FRC, Neil, Desmond, let me just not say FRC, because y'all are a membership-based organization, That That's leads in. Right. Some and
0: amazing they, workers and organizers it, and leaders yes. out there in the state. So of many of them who's watching right now, listening in yeah. right now. Shout
1: out to all the FRCs. You know, we like we fam, like gang gang, fam. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but they just had Orange County ban the box. Now let Bam. Me, let, let me tell you something. For Orange County. Orange County, uh, shout out to Mayor Demons, but uh, really, Orange County is led by President Mickey Mouse, right? And so, <laughs> just to know that y'all banned the box in Orange County yeah. to open doors for like just millions of people here, like that's awesome. Let's just shout yeah. out to y'all and Neil leading that policy yeah, work.
0: It definitely. And like I said, Neil has been that <laughs> voice that has been uh, a galvanizing chambers of commerce throughout the state of Florida. Uh, 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 um, and getting career sources and and other partners and even city officials uh, to really look a little deeper into number one, not just hiring folks but giving people careers, right? Because it's one thing to get somebody a job that's only going to be there in six months. That's not that's not anything, right? I mean, you know, you want a, a person to have an opportunity to have a career where they can advance, take care of their family, and earn a decent wage, right? And so Neil has been that. Champion, and so you know, Clean Slate got their genius, in, in Aaron, we got our genius in Neil, and so uh, no, yeah, I wanted so Neil to come on. Um,
2: I'm so glad Neil is on. Hi, Neil, and and like it's so interesting everything that y'all are just saying. Sort of like ties up in multiple conversations I've had with with each of you, where like you know, in terms of like who supports Clean Slate, like it's it's really like the most expansive base. Of any cj policy i've ever worked on right like business supports it labor supports it impacted people support it um and i think that i think that that's because like belief in like second chances and redemption is like as american as apple pie right and it's like something that cuts across race cuts across political party cuts across socioeconomics and and neil and i were talking the other day um you know like just sort of like brainchilding some stuff that everybody will find out about because it's gonna win, it's gonna happen. Um, but we were just we were just talking and we were like, this is really like policies that advance second chances are something that it, that can really like unify a movement and a political moment that is so fractured, right? Because I don't know, you know, when when we are incarcerating people at the rate we are, when one in two adults has an immediate family member who is or has been incarcerated like we all have a tie to this and it's like it's been it's just been really incredible over the course of the last year and a half doing this work at clean slate to see that it really is an issue that like that cuts to our values and i think that that's how we change hearts and minds right like policies that we change are important but what's more important is like Shifting hearts and minds and world view and I just feel like excited about the opportunities and And the things that are happening all across the country totally separate from clean slate. Um, you know, it's it's a moment
3: Were you at new? Uh, I gotta just say I, I Aaron It's always fun to talk to you and now we're on the podcast together Like I appreciate your wisdom and I appreciate your heart Um, and you're right like there's these common values that are just, you know, People get it if, if we're in proximity with each other. And that's what I love about like this podcast, the ability to get together and talk with people just along the lines of humanity and say, we just want to be treated like anybody else, you know, like that's real basic. And when somebody, no matter what their politics are, they look at you and like, well, yeah, that makes sense. I I, I can dig that. Suddenly you can work with something. And then we see this moment right now, Des says it best. Like if you look at all the big issues facing our country, facing our state. Returning citizens, people impacted by the criminal justice system are at the center of it all. Yeah, right? Like wow. jobs, employment. How do we get more people employed? Voting. <laughs> you know, voting. How do we deal with public safety? You know, after the pandemic, all of it, right here in the middle, our people have been impacted, and so that's why these conversations are so important. And I'm, man, yeah, big old shout out to the whole Clean Slate family, because um, yeah, Aaron, you're right. I'm hoping we got some wins coming soon. Uh, it's just, it's it's awesome to hang out with y'all.
0: Well, I'm definitely looking forward to 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 hearing more about that. You know, uh, um, and hopefully, you know, maybe Neil, maybe you and I could know work a little harder and try to convince Clean Slate to come to Florida. What do you come think?
3: On. Come on. We need it.
1: Listen, you know we're, how, I mean, we're everywhere. Don't worry. We're everywhere. We're we
2: I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, listen, you know, you tell me about talk to me about a state with a beach and I gotta I can lobby for it.
0: We got a whole bunch of beaches, especially <laughs> well, down there in Naples. Ain't that right, Neil?
2: That's right. We got chapter exactly <laughs> in west. You
3: know, we got lots of different beaches. You really need to get to know the public.
1: Well, let me tell you something. We, you we may have some competition because Hawaii has been a state that we've been looking at because what? Hawaii has beautiful beaches and Hawaii has no mechanism to get your record clear right now.
2: Really? Nothing. they? Yeah, they're one of the only states that doesn't even have that petition based system I was talking
0: about. Let me let me just share a brief story because I remember uh, when I first. Uh, got in trouble, I didn't know that I can get, you know, my records clear. I didn't know that uh, uh, some kind of process existed. The process in Florida is really crazy. It it, it really is. Um, but when I did find out, right, it was so intimidating. Just the level of paperwork that you had to go through. And then on top of that, you had to pay like a special uh, a fee to one of the law enforcement agencies just to get a certificate of eligibility so you can go before a judge, right? And and I could think at the time I didn't I didn't even have a job. I was trying to get a job, couldn't get it because of the record. And then someone said, well, you could get it clear, but in order for me to get it clear, I had, I needed a lawyer to go through that maze. And on top of that, I needed seventy-five dollars to give to these people so they can give me a certificate of eligibility. And so, you know what I did probably what a whole bunch of other people did just said, you know what, I guess that's just the way it's going to be.
1: Yeah.
2: I I would say this Oh, go ahead. Sheena.
1: Sorry. I was just, when, when Desmond was talking and, you know, just thinking about uh, our personal uh, journey with trying to get a house, uh, a rental place. And then, you know, Desmond, um, you know, not getting his rights cleared. You know, I just thought about if you, if Desmond today, for some reason you say I want to go ahead and lead, let 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 the young people whoever lead this movement, I, I want to go back. Like if Desmond today, just who are you? Who you are right today? Went to go try to find a job and apply for stuff. With all your accolades, even being a genius, because of some of these restrictive policies and stuff like that, yeah. you you I still, wouldn't even get a second look. You won't get a second look. Yeah. You, you can't even get you can't get your law degree. There's a lot of occupation license yeah. you cannot get. You can't yep. be a truck driver right now without going through some morale. So, listen, that's why, you know, listen, um,
0: we're, we're— We have <laughs> space
1: for you at Clean Slate, though. Yeah, but, but
0: but actually, you know, I, what I was going to say was, um, that's why I'm, like, so honored and blessed to have you as a wife because in addition to you directing a Clean Slate Initiative on a national level— You also recently been appointed as an advisor to the policing project at NYU Law. And that's like one of the most prestigious boards that's out there in the country that brings together law enforcement, policy professionals, criminal justice professors, tech experts and all that. And you're on that board with some some very uh, high profile names. And so I know if my wife is on that board, I'm going to be all right when I get ready to retire. And I'm not going to have these barriers because between Clean Slate and this board you on, man, look here. People like me is going to have an amazing opportunity to actually successfully rejoin the fabric of this country through so many different
1: avenues. Yeah. And I say this, I know we're cl- getting close to the time I know other folks want to close out. I would say this about that uh that board. One thing that w- one of my goals about being on that board is to not just be able to see how I can influence but bring in these issues to proximity being someone who is directly impacted, who is who come from grassroots organizing, but how, you know, and building those relationships with even the police departments. And talking to those folks, you know, There's some really smart people on that board and some people who want to do some real work and want to do some real change to even the systems that they're a part of. And so, you know, I think this is a great opportunity bringing, you know, bringing these issues to the forefront and and let them know how it impacts people in a real way. I mean, just on that call, my first call with them, I talked about I, I gave great examples of. My son being, you know, engaged with a resource officer and shutting about policies and practices. So, yep. it's a great space, and I think that we need to have more organizations. You know, actually, last week I, I'm on the board now, with Public Welfare Foundation. Shout out to them doing some great work, invested into decarceration. But oh, you laying it down. Sis. We need to have more people, <laughs> more people with yes. stories and impact on mm-hmm. these positions that can influence uh, some of these 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 uh, influencers and chain makers. So. Yeah. Well,
0: Neil, uh, Aaron, listen, um, we're at the end, man. Actually, y'all pushed us all the way up to the end, man. I really want to just thank y'all for for coming on, especially you, Aaron. And I meant it when I said it, that you're a genius. And Neil, I kind of meant it when I said that you're a genius, <laughs> too, as well. He's a genius. <laughs> but no, so, Neil, you are.
3: Sheena and Aaron. Dez, thank you for holding it down man tonight's conversation.
0: Awesome. Listen, let me tell you something. Y'all already y'all set the table, right? So tonight we have some geniuses on. Our next show, we bringing on a, for a future Hall of Famer for the NFL. Say it. That's right. And Quan Bolden. He's the realest. That's right. And he he's going to be our uh a guest in uh, a couple of weeks on our next show. Um at this uh, our voice podcast on fireside chat so listen um those of you all who are uh listening in and looking in to today make sure you you tell your friends to tune in uh because listen this is only going to get better we got geniuses this call we're going to have future hall of fame next call and 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 man we're bringing in a-listers right a-listers all the way. Aaron, you are an A-lister. I want to just personally thank you as someone who has been directly impacted for your passion and energy and advocating on behalf of people like me. And, and I'm, I'm so fortunate that you are with Clean Slate. And let me tell you, I know that great things are still in store for not only Clean Slate Initiative but for people like me because you're out there kicking butt.
2: Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you, Neil. I appreciate you, Sheena. You know how much I appreciate and love you. i just grateful to be a part of this movement and and making this change with you. So thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. And Neil, of course, you know I always love you, man. You know, uh, you my brother from another mother.
1: Thanks, Neil, for joining my show today. I mean, your show. <laughs> Our <laughs> Voice that's Podcast. That's
2: Renee, Renee.
3: <laughs> I, love, I love both you guys. I love doing life with you guys, and I love that my phone is already blowing up with these Florida State and Baltimore Raven and Arizona Cardinal fans who want to hear Anquan. But we're going to be talking about more than football.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, hey, Neil, you might have to fight to get your chair mic back, man, because I'm telling you, <laughs> Sheena's getting real comfortable over here.
1: I, I want a production assistant on set <laughs> next time I come. I like this. I'm telling you, I – I, 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 you know, what? Clean Slate may need, y'all may need to in some of this time to Clean Slate for we could use y'all system. This is cute. It, y'all would be done if I could see myself on video right now and like online comments. I, I, I would not leave. I promise. I would.
2: This is dope. <laughs> we got to thank Brandon. We got to
3: thank Xavier. The whole team.
0: That's right, man. We got a killer production team and Brandon and Xavier, man, a week after week after week. They bring it. Yeah. Right. They bring it. And so, and we're looking to bring it again in two weeks, y'all. Listen, we 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 bringing in the future Hall of Famer. I'm saying it, speaking it into existence. He just it just got announced that he made the list. Uh, um, and listen, we know that he's going to get it. Anquan Bolden, he's been a champion for uh, social and criminal justice, and a dear friend of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. We have him in, but for now, Sheena. Man, thank you so much, thank you honey, for, having me so much. for coming. Uh, you're amazing. Yes. The work that you're leading is amazing, and we want you back more and more and more and more. And I know you and Neil are probably going to conspire to kick me out the room, and, and you and him going to host the show. Yeah. And I would gladly listen to it, look at it on my Fireside Chat app. If you don't have it, your friends don't have it. Make sure you tell your friends. Download the Fireside Chat app today, I'm telling you, because from here on out, matter of fact, I'm going to tell you what I tell FRC people, grab a helmet, it's going to be a wild and crazy ride, and we're going to have fun along the way, and we're going to be lifting up the voices of directly impacted people, we're going to be making sure that we're highlighting the great work that they're doing, and also the allies and friends of directly impacted people, you've heard tonight from Aaron George, you heard uh, Sheena Mead, and there's many more to come. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. I'm signing off the better half of the Neil and Desmond show, right? I'm signing off our voice podcast. Neil will be back in our next episode. Peace, love, and happiness to y'all. Peace, love, and chicken grease. And chicken (laughs) grease.